We've got something new for you today. We're doing tight end tiers. And by we, I mean BDGE, but not Nicholas E. We've got a kid in the office, Jameson, who's been working his face off for the last month or so. The kid is working so he's sleeping at the office. He's got a mattress in the other room. So I wanted to introduce him to you because he's going to be making a YouTube video each week going forward. All right. So before y'all click off, because I'm not here, Noah's not here. I trust Jameson. And if you trust me, you will trust him too. So give him a chance. All right. Watch the video. If you don't like him afterwards, shit on him in the comments. If not, if you do like him, then stick around because every single Wednesday he will be putting out fantasy video for us. If you follow him on TikTok already, he's got a relatively large following on there. You already know who he is. If not, get to know him. Jameson, take it away, buddy. Yeah. New kid on the block. Jamo is in the building trying to give out fantasy advice. Let's see how this goes. But before we get into it, don't think I don't know the routine. Tucking your shirts. I'm in sweatpants, so this might not look as cool. Flex your traps. And also, I'm not Nick. I didn't come up with that. So that also might hurt how many cool points it has. But kids got to try, right? You know, it's got to follow the routine. I know I know the works. Flex your 6-5 traps and let's get cooking. The way Cooper Cup's going to start falling in these drafts, Travis Kelsey could scoot up one spot. If you're watching this video, there's a good chance you know a little bit about fantasy football, at least a little bit. And if you know at least a little bit, you don't need a whole lot of explaining about Travis Kelsey. He's the best tight end in the NFL. He has the best quarterback in the NFL. He's been a top two fantasy tight in the past six years in a row. That's all you need to know. I don't exactly agree with his 106 price because I think a guy that's now 34 years old coming off a of career highs and I don't know everything, targets, receptions, touchdowns, and second most yards in his career is a lot to expect them to just replicate and you're drafting him with the sixth overall pick of fantasy drafts. A little pricey for me, but that's a video for another time. I still agree he'll be the tight end one. I just don't agree with the price you have to pay for the tight end one. I can believe in both things, but he deserves a top spot. Moving on to tier number two, who wants second place? Because that's what everyone's fighting for when Travis Kelsey's on the field. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and George Kittle. This is a left to right tier ranking. So yes, George Kittle is my tight end two this year. Personally, I desperately want to see Trey Lance get the start just because that's what I want to see. I want to see, is he good? But it's not about what JMO wants. It's about what's going to happen. And Brock Purdy is happening. And with Brock Purdy, George Kittle is a heck of a lot better. Last year when Brock Purdy was under center, George Kittle averaged an extra target, an extra 12 yards per game, and in five starts with Purdy, he had seven touchdowns. The other 10 games without Purdy, he had four touchdowns. So simply put, when Brock's under center, Kittle rocks. It's going to be a whole lot of rhyming in JMO's YouTube videos, so get used to that. This is how I launched my rap career real subtly. Last year, Kittle was a tight end three and second in points per game. I think with the full season of Brock Purdy, he will be the second best tight end in fantasy football. Tight end three, but the tight end two in fantasy drafts is Mark Andrews. Two years ago, he was able to finish as the tight end one. And right now in the Baltimore Ravens passing game, he's still the number one option in a passing offense that should pass a whole lot more now that Todd Munkin's the OC. I don't know if I believe in all that, but like I said, he's produced before. He's still that guy and he's still the best guy on this Ravens offense. Similar to Travis Kelsey, you don't need a whole lot explaining. I just think Kittle will edge him out this year in the tight end rankings. Tight end four, TJ Hawkinson. He's going as a tight end three at the ADP of 51.5. Last year, TJ Hawkinson averaged 8.6 targets per game in Minnesota. That's more than Jalen Waddell. That's more than T. Higgins. That's more than Terry McLaurin. He had a well-defined involvement in this offense when he was competing with, I don't know, 
the best wide receiver in football. Now, the Vikings drafting Jordan Addison in the first round could cut into TJ Hawkinson's involvement in targets a little bit, but if he drops from 8.6 targets to like 7, 6, 9, that's still going to be more than Waddle and Higgins, as I mentioned before. With or without Addison, Hawkinson's going to be a baller. It's just a matter of being the difference between, I think, tight end three and tight end four. And with Addison, I'm putting him at tight end four but he's still in this top dog list of who wants second. The next tier of this list, the good, the bad, and the uglies is my favorite tier to talk about. The first ugly up on the list is Kyle Pitts. He's my tight end five, and he is everything you want in a football player, but he's done nothing we want as a fantasy football player. Yes, his rookie year, he put up a thousand yards. That was, I think he was the second tight end ever to do that outside of Mike Didka, but even then it wasn't perfect. He had one touchdown his rookie season. He does everything you want when it comes to being an actual good player. Last year, Kyle Pitts was second in average distance traveled per target he was first in deep targets and he was first in target rate at 34.9 percent amongst all tight ends this atlanta offense is trying to involve him marcus Mariota is just that bad if desmond ritter could be even half decent this season kyle pitts will cook and just to circle back real quick kyle pitts's adp is 70.5 george kittle's adp is 61.6 my tight end two and tight end five are nine picks apart it's I, i'm sorry i just i love george kittle so much this year and he's at such a steal deal the first and only good in this tier is evan ingram and the reason i like evan ingram is because doug peterson and tight ends simply just work. Doug Peterson's been a head coach in the NFL for six seasons. In five of those six seasons, Doug Peterson's tight end finished as the tight end six or better, including Evan Ingram last year, who finished as the tight end five. He's going as a tight end eight right now. I love him at his price. And there could be concern about Calvin Ridley coming in and taking shares away from the receiving room. But to be honest, I think Evan Ingram's role will stay stagnant. I don't think he has much room to grow, but I don't think he's going to be losing much either because Trevor Lawrence didn't really hit his peak yet. So while Calvin Ridley will be taking things away, Trevor Lawrence will be dishing more things out. He only threw 25 touchdowns last year. Evan Ingram only caught four. I think Ingram could take a slight dip in yards, but I think he could have an increase in touchdowns and possibly put up six TDs next year because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to flirt with that 35 touchdown range benefiting Engram. I think he could put up top five, top six finish again. So at tight end eight, I love him. The first bat on the list is Darren Waller. Straight up, Darren Waller is going to be 31 this season. The last time he was good, he was 28. Name a guy in the NFL that's had back-to-back -back bad seasons, turned 31 years old, had a downgraded quarterback, and all of a sudden bounced back. You can't. It doesn't happen. But he will probably be the number one target on this offense. He probably is the best weapon on this offense and he's going to eat with the volume and could be a red zone threat. He's my tight end seven and I understand the what if perspective about Darren Waller given the situation he's in. I'm not blind to those things, but I feel like we're just scratching and crawling to find his golden days and I think most of them are going to be behind him. He's my tight end seven, but I'm really not targeting him that heavily. Next up on the list and the next ugly is Dallas Goddard and Nick in the office loves Dallas Goddard. Me and Gut, not so much and I understand where J-Mo and Gut's hierarchy is compared to Nick's okay but I believe in my Dallas Goddard take right now him and Waller are bouncing back and forth between the tight end six and tight end seven ADP right now Waller's tight end six Goddard's tight end seven yesterday it was vice versa they bounce back and forth all the time and the good news about Goddard is last year he was fifth in points per game and he finished as a tight end 12 while only playing in 12 games but the bad news is he's being drafted as a tight end six and he's never had a finish better than tight end eight Goddard's meant to be seen as this safe consistent producer and while that's true when you're drafting him at a price and ceiling of which he he's yet to reach 
that's when you all of a sudden throw unnecessary risk in the equation and it becomes a slightly ugly situation. Back with the rhymes. My God, am I spitting or what? Holy shit. Equation, situation, that rhymes, yeah. So yes, I agree. Goddard at tight end six probably won't fall outside of his top 10 if he sticks with a healthy season, but I don't really see him living up to the tight end six hype. I think he's a good player. And I think if he drafts him at tight end six and he becomes tight end seven or eight, that's still a good season. It's just a little too expensive where he's going in drafts for me. Next to your fingers crossed here. Between David Njoku, Pat Fryermuth, and Dalton Schultz, if you draft one of these guys, you're basically just crossing your fingers and hoping they have a top 10 finish. And I've been left to right the whole time in the tiers, but I think this tier is kind of just based on your preference of risk tolerance. If you like going big, you like going all in, you like going home, David Njoku is going to be your boy. He was a tight end 11 last year. He's going as a tight end nine right now. And now he's playing with the best quarterback he's ever had. The question is, does that best quarterback he's ever had still exist? Njoku's never broke 700 yards and four touchdowns on a season there is potential for both of those to be shattered this year we just can't really 100 bank on it he's got the highest risk but he has highest upside next second highest risk second highest upside pat fryermuth pat fryermuth is going as a tight end 10 right now and he was the tight end seven last year last year fryermuth put up 732 yards in two tds his rookie season he put up 497 yards and seven tds if the yards and tds could get on the same high page there's a breakout season of brewing for pat fryermuth so there is a path to him being a top 10 tight end in fantasy and then some he's done it before but it's not a yellow brick road path well actually yellow brick road and wizard of oz was a pretty rough journey for that crew but you get what i'm saying it's not going to be easy he's still going to be the third option on this team behind deontay johnson behind george pickens and he still needs kenny pickett to be that dude like if kenny pickett goes out there and throws 19 touchdowns this season there's not a lot of eating available for pat fryman he's gonna be on a calorie count there's not many tds being thrown around and then the safest play but by far the lowest upside is dalton schultz he's currently the tight end 13 I threw him up to the tight end 11. That's because throughout Dalton Schultz's career, he's never finished worse than the tight end 11. That's the good news. The bad news, a lot of good news, bad news. I like to weigh out my pros and cons. You guys need all the information. You deserve it. Bad news, he's on a new team. He's on the Houston Texans with their rookie quarterback and we don't know how good they're going to be. Probably not very. But I will say the Texans head coach, D'Amico Ryans, came from the 49ers. Something tells me he knows how important having a good tight end is, George Kittle, for example. And the Texans got Dalton Schultz very rapidly in free agency. He was a priority for this team. I could see him being a safety blanket for CJ Stroud, but given a rookie quarterback, I don't think he'll finish higher than tight end eight. I don't think he can, but I don't think he'll finish anything lower than tight end 14. Tight end 11, I got him in the middle. I think he's in a safe range. You could count on him week in and week out. He won't lose you your league. Probably won't win it by any means either. Final tier, my boys, my guys, my squad. These are just guys I like personally <clears throat> that I've thrown together. Couldn't come up with a name for them. I just got in a, I just got a hunch about them. Uh, there's going to be some statistical and logical takes, but I just... I also got a little bit of love for him. Number one is my tight end 12, Dalton Kincaid. The Bills didn't absolutely need Kincaid. They wanted him. They realized in this league, if you want that extra push in the NFL playoffs, unless your team has Patrick Mahomes, even though Josh Allen's a unit, you need more than one great weapon. Stephon Diggs can't do it alone. So they spent that first round draft capital to get that second guy in Dalton Kincaid. I do think Kincaid could have a slower start because Knox is still that veteran with the title as of this moment. Gabe Davis is coming off a career year, but in the back half of this upcoming season, I think is when Kincaid ramps up 
and shows why he was a first round pick. It could maybe even make a late push a rookie of the year. He's getting great reviews from camps. He's getting great praise and quotes from his teammates, specifically Von Miller. I love the kid. I watched him live in college against the Florida Gators. He's a unit. My tight end 13, Chiggy. And what's funny with Chiggy in this Titans offense now, they're starting to remind me of their 2019-2020 offense. And it's not a verbatim comparison, but in 2020-2019 when the Titans were making good playoff pushes, their offense looked like this. A young stud wide receiver that could break out. AJ Brown, that can now be Burks. And I, this is probably the worst comparison of it. Corey Davis, a D-hop, but a guy that had the wide receiver one role and was waiting for the baton to be passed to the next guy. Corey Davis, AJ Brown. D-hop's walking in as the wide receiver one. He's the alpha. He's a veteran of the league. And him and Corey Davis are in by far different eras and parts of their careers and had i know i don't love the comparison but the baton passing bar that's that's what you should that's the analogy here d hop passing it to Traylon burks and the third man in the group the third the third stooge the third musketeer johnny smith their touchdown machine could now be chiggy who i think could be better than johnny smith ever was johnny smith put up eight touchdowns in 2020 chiggy put up four touchdowns last year i think chiggy i don't know if he'll put up eight but i could see him put up six tds this year with ryan Tannehill in this titans offense and again it wasn't a verbatim comparison but i really think this titans team is getting back to their 2019 and 2020 roots while they can hang on to derrick henry for just ever so slightly slightly longer and I even think they're an underrated team this year that's a completely different video Chiggy's an athletic guy that's shown a lot of potential last year I think in a more defined role this year he could be a touchdown monster and produce for your fantasy team next up is Gerald Everett who's going as a tight end 16 and this is similar to the Doug Peterson situation in Evan Ingram who you play for matters and Gerald Everett is now playing for Kellen Moore and Kellen Moore is an OC he has never had a tight end finished outside tight end 11 in fantasy football and that includes 37 years old Jason Witten being on his resume Gerald Everett's a little bit better than Jason Winton was at 37 and he finishes a tight end 13 last year so it's not like he hasn't been there and he hasn't done that he's done it very recently actually and you could be concerned about the mouths of feet in LA you know Justin Herbert's got a cannon but he's got healthy Keenan Allen healthy Mike rookie Quentin Johnson even Austin Eckler who could absorb 100 targets and now I'm trying to sell you on Gerald Everett but Herbert throws over 280 yards a game that's his career average when Kellen Moore got to Dallas he increased Dak Prescott's yards per game by over 40 what do you think he's gonna now do with Justin Herbert who already averages well over 280 probably gonna turn him into a robot just shooting missiles left and right and Gerald Everett's gonna be catching him right here and right there I think where he's going in drafts is right near perfect with some upside I don't see much risk to him at all given him being tight end 16 I could see him push a top 12 top 10 finish this season and I really don't see him falling past 16 so with Justin Herbert's cannon adding Kellen Moore and Kellen Moore's history of tight ends Everett might be your dude next up is Tyler Higby who I probably have the least concrete take on but it just didn't feel right putting him a tier below with like Cole Komet Taysom Hill Sam Laporta Greg Doltich. Right now, Higby's going as a tight end 15, and here's his finish for the past four years. 2019, tight end 8. 2020, tight end 17. 2021, tight end 14. 2022, last season, tight end 6. Based on that, based on where he's going right now, tight end 15, it feels like Higby's being drafted a lot closer to his floor than his ceiling. And that might be oversimplifying things a little bit, but a little cherry on top that I could throw in there is with the Cooper Cup injury. If he's out, just even one, two, three weeks. He's like the only reliable, proven veteran on this team that Stafford could look to. He's not all of a sudden going to be Travis Kelsey in those three weeks Cooper Cup's gone, but it's something to add to this take. Again, told you this is my least concrete one, but just given his price and given his past performances, it feels good. Last, certainly not least, actually one of my favorites, Mr. Jawan Johnstein. Going as a tight end 22, I cannot get over this price. Tight end 22. Last year, he was the tight end eight and upgraded at QB. Tight end eight, 
He had seven touchdowns last year, tied for the third most. If all you're trailing in touchdowns is Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, you're doing aight. Seven touchdowns may seem like an anomaly, may seem like a lot, but Andy Dalton only threw 18 last year. I think with Derek Carr coming in, who averages about 24 a season, seven might seem high, but when Derek Carr is dishing more out, it could become the new average. Maybe not seven, maybe five and a half, six. But at tight end 22, if he falls from seven touchdowns to six, he's still an amazing deal. And I think they'll pair up well. Last year, Jawan Johnson was six in average distance travel per target. Derek Carr was fifth in deep ball attempts. It should be a good pair. And we've seen before Derek Carr could produce a more than good fantasy season for a tight end and I don't think it's fair to compare Jawan Johnson to peak Darren Waller but Jawan Johnson's an athlete he ran a 4-5-6-40 he's not Isaiah Likely or Jelani Woods or or Darnell Washington who are these great athletes who are just waiting for the situation to put it all together Jawan Johnson's proven himself He's that guy. Finished as a tight end eight last year. Tight end 22 is just a complete joke. That's it for the top 16. These last few guys I'll just mention because I know you guys might have questions about them. Greg Dolchich, Cole Komet, Sam Laporta, Taysom Hill. I don't really love any of these guys. I like Laporta a lot, but it didn't feel right putting him on the same tier as Dalton Kincaid. Those guys are definitely a step apart. Taysom Hill's a wild card. I mean, there's no predicting what that dude's going to do. None. Cole Komet, he was tied with Jawan Johnson for seven touchdowns last year, but that is an anomaly. I know I just said Jawan's not, but Jawan's getting an upgrade at quarterback. Cole Komet's getting competition at wide receiver with DJ Moore coming in. I don't like him to replicate that season. And then Greg Dolchich, it just feels like people are going out of their way to push a narrative for him. I, I don't see it. That's all I wrote, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I mean, that was a pretty good run through, I think. Those are your top 16 tight ends. I feel like I contradicted myself a lot, but I think there's some logic thrown in there. There's definitely some rhymes thrown in there. Like I said, leave some feedback in the comments, positive, negative, maybe a little encore for your boy. Like I said, it's up to you if I'm back or not. You know, you want me to keep my job or not. But before I do go, I need to do one of these three things for me. One of three, you pick. I don't care. Option number one, go to bdge.shop and get yourself some brand new purple drip merch for your sister, your mother, your brother, your father, yourself. I don't care. Get some drip for you and the fam. Option number two, get our brand new fantasy football draft guide for the upcoming season. There are two ways to do this. You, The first way is also to go to bdge.shop to purchase this for $25. I helped write this. It's a lot of info in here. This is worth 25 bucks, but there is a cheaper option. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Use code BDGE, deposit $10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and you will get this draft guide for free, for free. That's $15 cheaper than the other option. And the best part is if you use that code, the $10 gets doubled into 20. So it's cheaper. You gained money somehow. And you can use that $20 to your advantage. You could play season-long props on it. You could draft fantasy football teams against us, with us. It's a much better option, but you do you. And the third option, this is free. Doesn't involve any merch, doesn't involve the draft guide. Leave a like and leave a comment. And I'm asking for both. You know, this is a free option. So you got to do both of them. It's not just, oh, I'll just leave a like. It's both. It's a free option. Drop some feedback, drop a comment. If you do one of those, I love you. If you do two of those, you deserve a shout out. If you do all three of those, aren't you a member of BDGE? Why aren't you on the staff? You're doing more than me at this point. You're doing more than Tony at this point. You're doing more than Gut. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all I wrote. Again, thank you so much, as always. And of course.